0: And welcome to another brilliant and handsome episode of your favorite Mad Men podcast Made Man How's everybody doing? It's Friday night and I have to tell you I'm tired and I did a lot of podcasting today Um, I worked a half day of work and uh, you don't care about this but I I don't care either, I'm going to say it Um, My dog had me up Uh, He had an upset tummy And like a little baby I take him for a car ride And it calms him down And that was about 1.32am Got up around 7 Started working around 8 Had to take my wife to her friends Around 9.30 Came back Kept working It was only half a day But I worked a little later My wife drove up to uh, her parents' house. Then later on, I and my dog drove up to my parents' house. It's about an hour and a half drive. I'm in some place called Laconia, New Hampshire, and I'm standing outside their house right now holding a microphone attached to my recorder. I look like an absolute crazy person. Um, But... Uh, as many of you, or some of you, or at least one of you may know, um, I run a website called com, and I had a few podcasts that I was putting out today. I got them all done, and this is the last one, and I just finished watching episode, I want to say, three, but I feel like it's episode four, but it doesn't make it because of the double episode. I'm totally thrown off, but I'm going to stay with it. Episode three of Mad Men. Mystery date. Now, I'm standing outside and the light is on, but I keep feeling like I'm going to turn around and see a bear attack me. I'm not deep in the woods, but there have been bears here. There have been foxes here. And, you know, I, I have to keep my eyes peeled. But um, there were no wild animals uh, in uh, this episode of Mad Men. There, there was a, a cougar. Uh, is, that a, is that a derogatory term? I don't know. Um, For a moment, Uh, she was kind of there, then she wasn't really there. Um, I'm rambling, so let's start talking about this episode. Mystery date. What does that title mean? Um, I have some thoughts. I have some ideas. So, why don't we get right into it? And again, I'm like, I literally just finished watching it. I walked outside. I'm trying to remember what this episode how it started. I'm almost positive it started with Don and Megan uh, in an elevator and or getting in an elevator, getting ready for work, going to work. And Don is just sick. He's just sick and coughing and sick and to the point where Megan doesn't even want to doesn't want him to go to work, but he has to go to work for a meeting. Doesn't want to stand next to him. Um in the elevator so she moves about three four feet away from them in the elevator this is now they're riding the elevator up to work and while they're standing there they almost look like they don't even know each other and another woman comes in and I know the actress um, she's been in a bunch of different things but I know her most recently from being um, one of the moms on Riverdale I want to say her name is Madame Mat- Matcham- Ad- I know it's like a German sounded name but anyway attractive woman um you know, I don't know. Actually, age appropriate. I shouldn't say she's older. She's age appropriate for Don. Uh, and she just walks right in. She's like, Don Draper, how ex- you know, how great to see you, and stands really close to him. you know, very flirty. Um, and the thing is, is why shouldn't she? The, she doesn't know that this Megan is with Don. They look like they're, you know, four or five feet apart from each other. And Don's like, oh hi, how are you doing? She's like, great. How are you? He's like, "Good, good. This is my wife Megan." Oh, hi. Hi. Okay. She gets off the elevator and Megan is like, uh, is that going to happen all the time?" He's like, "Look, we 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 we're, we're, we're in, you know, Midtown Manhattan. I, you know, I I run into a lot of people." So it seems like Don runs into people that know him, women that know him, and um it's not like it's really bugging Megan, but it it there's an underlying thing and um we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. Now, Don's just feeling sick. Um, he's just crummy, but he's pushing his way through work. And because there is a client for pantyhose that are coming in uh, pantyhose or shoes? I believe it's shoes or pantyhose. I don't know. There's pantyhose going on and there's shoes going on, I think. Um, because we see um, Peggy working with, I want to say Stan, if I remember his name. They're talking about pantyhose with Ginsburg. And um, their friend comes in, you know, uh, Peggy's friend. The um I don't know if she's just like the artsy person. I don't know if she's a photographer. I don't know what she is. She's the she's the artsy hippie friend. Comes in and wants to show them photos of the grizzly murders. See, now that I'm seeing grizzly murders, I'm nervous outside here. Uh, the grizzly murders, um in Chicago, uh, eight nurses were killed in the sixties. Um, and I you know, I was like, This sounds very familiar. I looked it up, it was the the Richard Speck murders. Now Google thinks I'm I'm Um, researching murders which is you know not really what i want google to i don't want to see facebook ads about murderers coming up on my on my uh, feed um but this somehow they have photographs of these bodies and you know they're they're kind of going around almost like uh uh, um, office gossip you know like they're Let's all look at this. Let's look at that. You know, it's like you'd see a forwarded email going around nowadays. Now it's literally they're passing the papers back and forth. And Ginsburg is like, you know, I can't do his accent. It's very New York, Brooklyn, like very much neurotic New York. And he's just, um, he was like, this is disgusting. You guys can't, you know, what what are you guys doing? You guys are sickos. He looked at it for a second. He was like, I I wish I never looked at it. And I, I know what that means. I've seen things like you see like a video or something online where it's like oh my god you have to see this and I'm like no I don't want to oh my god I've seen it and I never want to see it again um, and Peggy's like you know he's right we shouldn't be looking at these things um, the, the murders kind of intertwine with the episode just that going on there's riots going on there's all kinds of things going on uh, and they're um, it's kind of in the background of the episode, so uh while Don Ginsburg and Stan go in to um pitch Don on I want to say I don't know if it's the same thing this time I think it's shoes because they were talking about a Cinderella thing, um uh, but no, it must be Panils I don't know, whatever the thing is they're talking about um you know getting rid of the meeting and different ideas they have, and he had a Cinderella idea, but Don's like that's cliche and um. Don's coughing and coughing, and he gets a call from Sally, and Sally's all upset because um, uh, uh, what the hell's his name? Henry, Henry, and Betty are off on some vacation. We didn't see them. I think I don't even know if we saw Betty at all. I think we heard her and we saw Henry, but I don't think we saw Betty. So I don't know if she had to get into the the fat suit stuff. I I I feel like we only saw her from. We not really see her that much in this episode at all. We heard her at the end. But Sally is with uh, Grandma something or other. I want to say Georgine or that's from Willy Wonka. Um, but he's she is um, with... It's Henry's mother. Henry's mother. So it's like it's like her grandmother, basically. Her step-grandmother, whatever you want to call her. Um, and she doesn't like being with her. Uh, I guess... Bobby's off uh, at camp wetting his bed and they don't even call her they don't even check on her and Don said something funny he was like uh, I think she said can you come over and get me he's like I'm sick I don't want to get I don't want to get sick in that haunted mansion I think he called it or I don't know it was just a, it was a line that actually made me laugh out loud I love Don and Sally's relationship I love that they just they talk now like they like Don talks to her like not like not like grown up but he's like you know he's the parent he's the adult he tells her stop doing this don't do that this is what you're doing this is what's happening but it's also it's also not like talking down to her I don't know I just like seeing their relationship and, and where it goes and this kid's turning into a really good actress and you know, I know she's Sabrina now on Netflix but you could see she's like really I don't know she's coming into her own uh, we see a lot of that in this episode with her so why don't we stay with Sally for a bit um Sally's with the, the, the step-grandmom, and she's just kind of giving her flack. You know like she didn't want to eat the sandwich, even though she asked for the sandwich, and the grandmother's like, "You will sit there and eat it." And then the, um, later on, she wanted to watch TV, and later on and then she hears the grandmother, uh, she sees the grandmother reading about the murders, and she wants to read it. And the grandmother smacks her hand, and then she says, "I shouldn't have done that." Uh, but then she talks about how her when her father was uh, when she was a kid, her father kicked her across the room once and said, "That was for nothing. And it was the best advice ever. Basically, get ready to get kicked around. I don't know. That was a pretty awful thing to say and a pretty awful thing to do. And to share that with the kid like that's actually going to be helpful, I don't get it. Um, oh, so I, a car just drove by and I realized I look like an idiot holding a microphone. Um, so later on in the episode, Sally steals the newspaper reads about the murders all about the murders oh first then she hears the grandmother talking about on the phone she tries to overhear and the grandmother stops talking about it um but later on she's reading the newspaper and reading about the murders and seeing the the drawing sketch drawing of the guy and she freaks out and she actually scares the grandmother she comes downstairs just in you know like in her pajamas and like i can't sleep and the grandmother's like you shouldn't have looked at this you know that's bad and they talk about it a little bit and sounds like why would he do that and why would they kill, and why can't he rape nine people? And she's like, you don't, you, don't, you just can't, and um, it was like a little bit bonding, but the grandmother also then gave her half a sleeping pill, which I'm like, well, I hope that doesn't lead to, like, Sally getting on pills. We need to see that. This isn't the beginning of something, is it? It's just a one-time thing, I hope. Um, but the episode, their part of the episode ends with um, friend, uh, Francis, the Francis's, Henry and uh, and and Betty coming home and finding the grandmother. You know, with she had a big butcher knife because she's scared too. A lot of people are scared. Uh, so the, the she sees the grandmother with a butcher knife, and they couldn't find Sally. Sally's sleeping under the under the bed, and they talked about early in the episode that the um, the girl who survived. So there were eight women killed and one nursing student survived by hiding under the bed. So, then we have Sally hiding under the bed. Now, earlier in the episode, she was watching television, and she was seeing a game called Mystery Date. So, there's your literal title of Mystery Date in this episode. But, I like to think that there was also a different re- use of Mystery Date in this episode, and it has to do with Don. So, Don's sick at work. Um, he, uh, he's, you know, he, Megan wants him to go home. But he has this big meeting and Megan's worried about him um, that, you know, seeing that woman made him realize that, you know, there have been other women and he thinks of these women and this woman and he thinks that some of these women were around while you were still married and now you're married again. And he's like, no, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. This is different. My life, you know, because which could be soon because I'm very sick. But um, he he was basically trying to reassure her that that's not him now. That was him then. And he's uh he's she doesn't have to anything to worry about. But I think Don had that in the back of his mind too. And we'll get there because um Don does go to the meeting. Ken's there, uh I think Pete was there, no no, Ken was there. Um Stan and maybe Stan was there, and um Michael Ginsburg, he gave the, the presentation all, uh, all the art and everything and the people are like you're a genius this is great and he's like oh he, he's like that's great because we had another idea and he starts telling the whole Cinderella idea they're like oh my god that's great too Let, let's just let's actually do that and that pissed Don off so they went to a bar to get drinks afterwards and Don was like you don't do that you never do that again you know this is a lot of, or, or else you bring those things to me first and he's like okay he's a really stand-up guy and Ken Cosgrove it was Ken so it wasn't Stan Ken, Ken Cosgrove was like you know you almost have just got fired right he's like nah I don't think so he's like, I'm pretty positive you almost just got fired if you think about it you love having great ideas for clients um, and you love the uh, you know um, giving them all the ideas but you want to get paid for those ideas so if you have two great ideas save one use it for another client use it for another campaign but the fact that they talked about one thing and then they talked about another thing, I don't know if that means these people could like, oh, we'll, we'll take both and for the price of one or whatever. But it's something where, and it, what if it sucked? So that, that's why Don's like, you got to come to me first, uh, and hopefully Ginsburg figured that out. Now, after that, Don went back to his um, apartment, and this is where um, it took me a little bit to figure out what was going on. So he goes to, back to he just goes to pass out to sleep because he feels like crap. Uh, but then there's a knock at his door, and he opens the door, and it's that woman. I don't remember her name, but it's the woman from the elevator, the woman that he had an affair with many, many years ago. Uh, and she's like, I want to come in, and he's like, you can't be in here. You have to get out of here. You have to go, you know, you have to go through the service elevator. So he he, he whisks her out to the back of the service elevator. She's like, no, I... I he goes, if my wife sees you, you're, you know, you're, you, we're dead. Um, and... So he whisks her out the back door to the service elevator. goes to bed. He's like, oh my God, goes back to bed and wakes up a little while later and she's sitting right on the bed and she's like, I, I let myself in. We can do this. It'll be quick. It'll be nice. It's already dark at this point. He's like, what are you doing? This isn't right. And then she, she kind of, you know, not forces us up. She kind of gets a little closer and then he starts kissing and boom, they start basically doing it. And at this point, I'm thinking, this cannot be happening. This has to be, like, what if this whole thing's a dream? So then we get another scene where he's like, this has to, you, this can't be over. And she's like, no, we'll, we'll keep doing this and keep doing this and keep doing this. And then Don freaks out and jumps on her and shoves her down and chokes her and kills her. And then he shoves the body under the bed and goes back to sleep. And I'm like, yes, this is 100% a dream. He wakes up. Megan's there to give him some some breakfast or a coffee or something and he looks down like oh there's nobody there um, this whole thing maybe this was Don's mystery date also that like this girl showed up out of nowhere he hadn't seen her in a while uh, and it, it sparked an old fear in him is he going to be the same jerk that he was to Betty to Megan and you could see he didn't want to but he still gave in in his dream so this dream is just him kind of confronting his fears of being the same uh, uh, son of a bitch that he was to Betty. Um, And I hope he's not that way to Megan. But um, he is Don Draper. So really, you know, you can't count that out at all. And that's really Don's story. Um, Or Don Draper's story. There's another Don and another story. We'll get there. Um, But that's really it for Don. So why don't we jump over to uh, Peggy. We'll jump over to Peggy. So Peggy... Um, Well here's the thing Pete's in this episode for a minute He goes into Roger's office and he's like Hey good news Um, You know the strike is not affecting um, uh, The the airline I can't think Mohawk Air so they'll still be going So they're ready for the campaign on Monday Roger's like great awesome Pete's like terrific have a great weekend we'll do it Monday And he heads off and Roger's like great And the door closes and Roger's like shit He waits for Pete to leave He sneaks over to Peggy And he's like listen um, I need you to do something for me and, and she's like I thought Ginsburg was the man for the job he's like oh 1st they they're like where's Ginsburg where is he I don't know he left for the day well go find him and Stan's like sure yeah I'll start I'll go look I'll start by looking at the rest of the world and then I'll go check to see if he's at my apartment meaning screw you I'm getting out of here and I'm going home and going back to my house and it feels like Roger's lost a little luster where like at the old Sterling Cooper if Roger said something like that people would jump and now the guy's like, "Yeah, no big deal." And then uh, Peggy's there alone, and he's like, "Listen, I need you to do this." Um, he's like, "What about Ginsburg?" I, well, he's not around, so I he, he, you you have to do this. Um, so he gives her ten bucks, and he says, "You need to do this, and you need to you need to say if Pete and Ginsburg ask, you need to tell them that I told you to do this, and I told you to do this a couple weeks ago, or a week ago, or whatever." She's like, "Okay, great, uh, ten bucks." He goes. Um, yeah, he goes, what's, the, what's your going rate? He goes, well, it'll be 10 bucks to uh, do the job, but it will be a lot, uh, more expensive for me to keep quiet about it. And Roger, it was just a great moment of Peggy sticking up for herself, being cocky and having some guts and Roger just being squirmish and having to give in. And it was some, just some great moments between the two of them. He ended up giving her over $400, mm-hmm. uh, so that she could work late on this thing for him. Basically this whole creative brief out of nowhere. Uh, and she stays late. She starts working, and then she hears a bang or a noise in the background, and she gets a little freaked out. Now everyone's on edge when you see about all these murders. I think that freaked everybody out. Uh, now she hears a noise, and she starts going around the office, and then she reaches. She hears it in Don, in uh, Don Draper's room. Opens it up, and it's Don. Don's secretary. Now, she's like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Um, I, I must have dozed off. Uh, it turns out th- that she has slept there. I don't know how long she slept there, but she slept there. Um, she's afraid to go home. She's afraid to take the subway. There's a lot of peace, police presence. There's some riots going on. So she's just safer for her to stay at work, it seemed like. Uh, she lives with her brother, lives with her mom. Peggy's like, nope, you're coming home with me. She talked to her into it. brought her home. They chatted, and Peggy was like, you know, I know it's, um, I know... You know, do you want to be a copywriter? She's like, no, I like my job. He's like, she's like, you know, I was I was Don's secretary too, and um, I, uh, you know, I I kind of was discovered by accident, um, but you know, it's hard to be for me, and you know, it's not as hard. You know, I understand it's not exactly the same thing because Don is is uh, Don the secretary is a black woman. Um, and she was part of the whole thing when they made the ad about not throwing water out the window, she showed up, she had a resume she was qualified, she got the job Um, and, you know, Peggy's like trying to relate to her but relate to her more as a woman not as being a black person because that's a little different, Um, but again you know, in the 60s you know, women had their issues who am I to say Um, women still have their issues obviously uh, I feel like I'm 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 painting myself into a corner here no no what I'm trying to say is Peggy's talking about her issues and trying to relate them to Don's issues and she knows it's not exactly the same but she's trying her best there I think that was a mature way of saying it um, and they were talking about Don Draper and she's like you can say whatever you want you know it's a it's you know it's a you can speak your mind here And the woman was just like, uh, Dawn, the female, was just like, you know, Mr. Draper, I just don't want you to tell him that I was sleeping in his office. She's like, no, I I would never tell you that. And so she's like, oh, I've had so much to drink. She's going to go head off to bed, and she looks down, and she sees her purse. And Peggy, you could see Dawn see it, and you see Peggy think it, and just be so friggin' like, I think she was embarrassed that she even thought, like, oh, should I leave my purse out here? Is that safe? She cleans up a few beer bottles and leaves the purse and goes to bed, wakes up the next day and finds um, all the sheets cleaned up and a note saying, you know, thank you for the hospitality. Sorry if you're putting you out. She put it on on Peggy's purse. I don't know if that was a um, like a little, hey, I didn't touch your purse kind of thing. Um, but that was really that part of the story. I think that was it for there. Um, it was just, you know, Peggy and Don having some... Uh, Uh, character building moments together and Peggy was great in this episode terrific Um, and I love the way she grifted uh, Roger and our last story really isn't connected to um, the office at all there's no interaction with anyone else Uh, and that is Joni's story Um, her husband you know I want to say his name is Greg yes it's Greg boom Greg Harris Uh, He is coming home He's coming home And she's excited to meet his So she can meet his child Even though it's Roger's Kevin is Roger's baby But Roger wants nothing to, Or Roger has nothing to do with it Um, So You know, first of all, Joan's mom Her voice, the way she talks, everything about her I dislike She's very down Oh my god Oh Okay, I just got the crap scared out of me. Uh, my wife just came out the door with my dog. Oh, whew, you can feel the chills going up my spine. Um, actually, here's a perfect moment uh, for a word from our sponsor today. Okay, folks, it, it doesn't get more real than that. Um, and I was telling you, I was a little freaked out. I'm out here, I, there could be bears. There could be wolves. There could be foxes. I'm talking about the Richard Speck killing these women. Um, And then I hear, I don't know if you even heard the door open. And I was like, what is that noise? And I turned the doors open behind me. I had no idea. Scared the crap out of me. It was my wife with my dog because he needed to go out. Um, And so that was... That was very real, but it it actually was a great moment to stop and just, you know, take care of my dog and, uh, play a wonderful, uh, uh, message from our sponsor. So where was I? Okay. Um, Greg, Mr. Harris, um, the fake dad to Joni's baby. He's home. And I was saying how much I, I dislike Joan's mother, um, and she's just very demeaning and very much talked down, and just the w- the way her voice is is very much like this and Joni this and Joni that and blah, blah 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 blah. But she is there to help her daughter. Uh, so Greg's back. He's excited. You know, Joan's trying to get everything right, trying to get cakes and 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 um, and I think the drinks and everything correct for a party. And the mother's like, you know, she Joan's like he wants to see Kevin first and. The mother's like, yes, for a second, but then he's going to want to see you and he's going to want to, he's going to miss you. You know, he hasn't been around a woman and the way, you know, he's not used to talking to women. You have to be respectful. And it was all these, you know, kind of like mismanaged type things. Um, Joni's a modern woman. She doesn't need that crap. So Greg comes home. He's, you know, he kisses her at the door. He, first of all, he knocks on the door of his own apartment, which was weird, or rings the doorbell. It was a little weird. Um, but maybe for the gr- big greeting um, She gives him a big kiss He comes in He sees the baby He's all excited Joan gets the um, Gets his bags He's like No, no, don't worry about it And then the mother's like This is great This is Kevin I'm going to go to the store with Kevin Leave you two alone I'm Like, oh, good He oh, excuse me He takes Joan And boom whisks her away to the bedroom For some You know Marital lovemaking I believe is the proper term um, Now later on in the episode they have um they they I forget what they ate they just ate food right because they were going out later for better food so they oh that's right he was making a bologna sandwich he's like I got you steak he's like we had steak in in uh, Saigon we didn't have bologna and he's making bologna sandwiches and he was just happy to be with his kid his mother-in-law and his wife and everything's PT keen even though I hate this son of a bitch um Everything's peachy keen with him, uh, and uh, they go out for. You know, he's like, "Listen, I have to tell you something, and it's not going to be great. We have to. We only have to tell you." Um, she goes, "I understand. You have to go back." He goes, "Yes." He goes, "But you can do it. It's only forty days." He goes, "No, it's a year." Oh, what? A year?" "Yes, they need me." Blah 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 blah, and I need to go back. And she's like, oh, "I can't deal with it." It's like, "We can do it. We can figure it out. It'll be great." Um, you know, so Joni's kind of upset about that, but she, I think she was trying to deal with it. Um, uh, but very upset because he didn't even consult Joni. Uh, so now, uh, they go out for dinner. They go out with his parents. And so it's uh, the whole family. You got little Kevin, you got Joan, you got Joni's mother, you got Steve and his parents. And um, the mother starts saying things like, oh, why, why can't you talk him out of this? And What's you know like the mother-in-law? Joan's mother is like, uh, you know, you you were in the service, uh, Greg's dad. Why don't you write to the congressman? And the mother's like, what's that going to do? When why would he, why would he change his mind when Joan can't even can't do it? And then it, it came, all crystal clear. This dude is not being pulled back in. He is reenlisting. He is volunteering to go back. And. I have a theory why, Uh, because, well, you could say that it's um, duty. You could say that he doesn't want to leave his countrymen behind. But I also think that he finally feels like he um, is needed. He's important. And remember, when he was working at the hospitals, he kind of couldn't pull it as a surgeon, uh, which kind of was what led to this this whole army thing in the first place. And now he's at some place where people respect him. Someone, a, a young soldier came up and saluted him and then he, the waiter um, was rude and he talked back to him and the guy apologized and called him, sir. He's finally, a, a, you know, a, a well-respected man and he is needed. He has 20, you know, doctors and nurses who need him and he needs to go back. Uh, meanwhile, you know, uh, let's be honest, uh, Roger Sterling cuckold him and, and that baby is his. But as far as this guy's concerned, his duty is overseas. And the next morning, Joan's like, listen, I think you should go. He goes, I, Joni, I, I, I knew, I knew you'd come around to it. She goes, no, no, I think you should go and not come back. Ooh. He's like, don't talk to me like that. He grabs her by the arm. He goes, I'm a good person. And she says to him, you're not a good person. And you know, you you know, you're not a good person, and you weren't a good person before you even met me, or before we were even married. And you know what I'm talking about? Bam, some bitch. I've been waiting so long for something to come up from this. This has to be him raping her in Don's office, you know, forcing himself upon her. Um, that has to be what she's talking about, right? And he's like, if I go out this door, I'm not coming back. She's like, whatever, then don't come back. And he's gone. Now is he gone forever? I don't know. I'm not sure, but he's going back to Vietnam. So maybe this is just a way to get him out of there. If, and I hate to say this, but if this is a way for Joan to get with Roger, true love, maybe I'm all for it. I know Roger's got, got Jane, but you could see he's not happy. He thought he'd be happy with his young wife, but guess what? It's just, a, just a, he's in the same boat he's like I got another wife it's just another wife it's a younger version of what I had before where Joan is the one that really lights his fire Um, <laughs> I was gonna say he put a baby in Joan which is a terrible thing just the way of saying it but it's true uh, maybe this is the beginning of that I don't know personally I would love to see those two kids rekindle um, and not just on the side of the road you know for real passionate love Uh, but it seems like now Joan's on her own in fact the episode ends with Joan uh, and the baby and the mother's lying in bed and Joan just kind of you know looking like she's like what the hell am I going to do now but then the song played that said um, you know he hit me and I'm thinking do we ever see him hit her I don't remember that. I know, I mean I know the you know the raping, which is worse or bad enough or whatever. I don't know what do you want to call it. I'm not going to level one or the other, but uh, you know if if I don't know, but I was like, did, does he also did he also hit her? Is that what that song saying? I, I wasn't sure. Um, but really good episode. Really good episode. Mostly a lot of character stuff. Um, no major moments. You know, they Ginsburg uh, wowed a client. Then he almost talked himself out of his job. Uh, Peggy got a little extra cash by standing up for herself. Made a new friend at work, but also kind of insulted her a little bit, um, almost, uh, but insulted her just by almost insulting her. Um, we did met. We met Dawn a little more. The Dawn, the secretary, lives with her brother. Lives with her mother. Um, but it, you know, it's just a lot of police presence. It's it's hard. For her to want to go home, uh, it's too far away. And no, I think she was like, no cabs will go that far or something. And it's just, so she's been staying with Don in, in Don's office. And this night, at least she was able to sleep uh, over Peggy's house. Um, Sally, a little freaked out. Just, you know, a kid, curious kid who got freaked out. But maybe she bonded with this grandmother. I'm not sure. I, I hope she did. Um, but we'll see, we'll see if anything comes from that or if this is just kind of a one-time thing and Don, Don, um, kind of maybe trying to face his fears of, is he going to be another, uh, crappy husband like he was last time, or is he going to be better? That's, I think, uh, his story here. And I liked it. I liked it a lot. Really fun episode. Fun. I don't know if fun's the word, but really good episode. Um, with a moment that actually made me laugh out loud when Don, anytime Don insults um, their house, Henry and, uh, and and Betty and Sally and, and, and Don were kind of going back and forth, making fun of Henry, like, oh, he's so important. You'd think they'd, uh, they'd get a flight earlier or something, wherever they were. Uh, so I love that. I, I love Sally and Don bonding. Love it. Uh, it's one of my favorite things. Um, and if it's at the expense of, of Betty and Henry, even better. Uh, so that's it. My friends, I am, uh, done talking. I just turned away cause a car just drove by and I really, I look like, I don't know what I look like. I'm holding like an, I'm holding a recorder in one hand and a handheld microphone in another. So it looks like I'm, I'm singing karaoke, um, to nobody. Okay. Those cars are gone. Uh, and you you might have heard actual real fear in my voice, um, which was a first. Very real. And it was exciting. I hope you enjoyed it. Okay. Um, so that's really it. I'm going to go in now and uh, get this up for you, the listener, the most important part of the show. I want to thank you um, for subscribing, listening, you know where to find me. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever podcasts are available. Tell a friend. If you have a friend who's watching Mad Men right now, tell them to check us out. Maybe throw us an iTunes review or Apple Podcast review, whatever the hell they call it now. Um, and if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Made Man Pod. The Facebook page is fansnotexperts.com, but I really don't, the fansnotexperts, I really don't do a lot there. The website is fansnotexperts.com. That's where you will see every posting of every Mad Men, Made Man episode, uh, as well as every other podcast we have. We're basically a podcasting network um, made up of two people that are doing all the podcasts, but we're enjoying it and we're having fun. And I love doing this. And, you know, I love the aspect of. Um, not preparing. Just off the cuff, talking about what I just saw. Uh, so much so that after I'm done with Mad Men, I have a couple other shows. Some shows I've seen already, and it's re-watching and giving thoughts. And then I have some thoughts of other shows that I may watch that I've never seen before. Um, so if you like this, hopefully you stick with me in the future. But that's that's not now. That's That's many, many, many weeks away. Because it's only season five. We still have a long way to go, but I want to thank you. I want to thank you for staying with me as I go back into my in-law's house and try not to wake up anybody. Um, oh, where was I? I want to thank you, the listener, for coming along with me on this crazy, handsome journey as I strive to become... <coughs> I'm going to cough. There it is, okay. I strive to become a made man oh. Fans not experts. I was gonna sit up on this porch, but listen to that friggin' fountain, it's been going all night. It's crazy.